We've been together for eight days. We are a little delirious. I don't know the last time I slept. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I told that we pick up Natalie um, every, usually on Shabbat. And I told her, we're going to be late today. We're going to be real. She goes, no problem. <laughs> but we are going to be talking about the mystery today of the eighth day. The mystery of the eighth day. If you came last night, you, you, um, we talked a little bit about the eighth day. And I'll, I might review some of those things later. Um, but I want to encourage you to watch last night's message because it, um, it, it came from the throne about um, having oil in our lamps and being wise and being prepared or tr being trained for reigning. So we're going to look at the mystery of the eighth day, Leviticus 23. We are in right now. This is an appointed time. If you're here, you are actually in an appointed time with the Lord, a, a time where God asks for you to be with him on this day. And you are obedient. So... Give yourselves a hand, hallelujah. You're doing, you're doing a mitzvah, what we would say. Leviticus 23, 33, look what it says. Adonai, or the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to B'nai Yisrael and say, on the 15th day of the seventh month is the feast of Sukkot for seven days to Adonai. We did that. On the first day, there is to be a holy convocation. We did that. You are to do no laborious work. For seven days, you are to bring an offering by fire to Adonai. Now, we're getting to today. The eighth day, and seven's always connected to eight in the Bible. you got to go through uh, seven before you get to eight. On the eighth day, there will be a holy convocation or a gathering day. That's why we're here. And you are to bring an offering by fire to the Lord, to Adonai. It's a, a solemn assembly. You should do no laborious work. These are the Moedim of Adonai. These are the Moedim simply means appointed times or seasons. They're found in Genesis 1.14. Uh, that was the first mention of the Moedim. These, and it's before there's a Jew. It's before there's, there's, before there's a man, God gives us the Moedim. These are the Moedim of Adonai. Which means it's not a Jewish thing. It's it's really, it's it's a God thing. These are the modim of Adonai, which you are to proclaim to be holy convocations, to present an offering of fire to Adonai, an offering, a grain offering, a sacrifice, and drink offerings, each on its own day. Besides those of the Shabbat or the Shabbatot of Adonai, and besides your gifts and all your vows and all your free will offerings, which you give to Adonai. Now, we're not given. A specific reason why we should celebrate or observe the eighth day other than the nature of the day. Or in other words, the only thing we know is God says, all right, gather on the eighth day. What does he say? You need to have a holy convocation. He says you need to bring a fire offering. You are to have a solemn assembly. Um, and you're to do no laborious work. So there's four things he asks us to do, and he, but he's not necessarily going to tell us why. And, I, and I, I love Brother Lee. Lee's in business, and we were talking about business. He says, if you own your own business, you have to know why you do what you do. And I said, you're absolutely. He said, because if you don't know the why, when the opposition comes or the obstacles come, and because you don't know the why, you're going to quit. You're going to, because you're tired, because nobody likes to fight, uh, but, but you're going to fight till the death, until, until there's nothing left if you know what, the why. But here, for some reason, God doesn't tell us the why. It's almost like you have to do it by faith. So eighth, it says the eighth day, eighth in the Hebrew is 
the word Shemini. Shemini. This, this actually holiday is called Shemini Eseret, the eighth day. And it, it's, it's the number eight. It's from Shimone, which means it's a feminine, um, apparently from H eight O eight two. Now look what it says. This is what eight means. Shimone. Through the idea of, do you see that word? What does it say? You can't see the word? Can you put the word? What's going on? What happened? You're not at the, wait, what's going on? Go back, go back, go back, go back. Where it says eight. No, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. Natalie, are you back here? Where? Why don't we have this? Okay. All right. I'm going to worry about them. We do have them somewhere. I'll send you the notes. All right. So I don't know. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. Hold on. How many people are on the WhatsApp? Just stay there right now. I'm sending everybody the message on the WhatsApp right now. You're all going to be able to follow along. I'm just telling you right now. I'm not playing around. I'm giving it to you all. All right. Do we found it? No, okay. All right. All right. Hold on. Hold on. No, that's not it. Sorry. Sorry. So hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me find. Let me find it. Let me find it. All right. I'm forwarding it right now. Everyone's getting it. Everyone's getting it. Oh, hold on. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Save the nation's Torah. Everyone's getting it right now. And all right. I don't know. Wait, wait a minute. What's the message that Natalie has up there? Natalie, do you have the right message up there? I don't have that message. Now you got? Oh, Lord. I don't know where these notes came from, but they really are good. I don't know who put this here. Maybe I'm preaching the wrong message. Wow. Okay, so Natalie, did you get that one? So that, okay, so I gave you the wrong one. All right. Okay, no problem. Let's see. Let's see. Let me see if I can find the right one. Do you guys mind? Just, just be patient. Just be patient. I've never done this before, but, you know, wow. That's what happens when you're out for eight days, and you're like, okay, let's just see. Wow, where is this? Okay, I don't think I could find it. I don't know. Okay, I don't know where we got this. Okay. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. I don't know. I don't know where I got these notes from. Lord, did you just prepare a whole sermon in my sleep? Okay, so the number eight, here's what it means. It means the idea of plumpness. If you, I know you can't say it. It's a cardinal number eight, as if surplus above the perfect seven, also eighth or eighth. So the number eight has to do with plumpness. So being plump is actually a good thing, okay? It's not bad. It's... A, I got my snack pack. I'm going to get a six pack, but for this sermon, I'm plump. Hallelujah. And, and if you look at the root of the word shamone or for eight, it actually means shaman, which means greasy. It means 
gross or figuratively rich, fat, lusty, or plenteous. So it, it comes from the word shaman. Oh, I love this. It comes from the word shaman, which is a root word meaning to shine. So the eight has to do with plumpness. It has to do with fatness, richness, but it also means to shine um, or to make oily or gross, to make or wax fat. So just look at somebody and say, you're fat. That's the word. Uh, you're fat. It's, not, it's good. It's not bad. It's good. The number eight is the Hebrew letters eight is shin, mem, nun, and the final nun is same root as shama or shama, shen, mem, ayin. Look in Psalm 72, 17. And I'm, wonder, I'm wondering, I'm just wondering if this is Natalie's old sermon from last year. Natalie, is this your old sermon? Okay. I'm going back to my sermon. Okay, hold on. I told her purposely, I said, Natalie, I printed her sermon instead of mine. All right, no problem. All right. Now, so I don't have the notes, but I have them on my phone. All right. Okay. So the mystery of the eighth day. I already told you about the number eight. So let's look. You see the letter het is the number eight. You can see that. Actually, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you. So look at the, go ahead and look at the picture graph. For, it looks like, Gamatri is number eight. It looks like a fence. Keep going to the next part. The mystery of the Chet. According to the Jewish mystics, Chet is the letter of life. Since Chaim, or life, and Chaya, living, both begin with this letter. True life comes from Hasidot, or devotion. Keep going. Het and the doorway of life. The word Chai is short for Chaim, life, and the letter Het can be seen to resemble a doorway where the blood of the lamb was daubed during the first Passover. Wow, okay. Chet 8 is also the number of grace, Chen, and the whole number of wisdom, Chukmah. Het is the number of new beginnings. Since Het represents the number 8, we can see how it represents grace or hen and the concept of new beginnings. Now, I'm not going to just read this to you, but the Brit Malah is, is circumcision. And so what happens on the eighth day? What happens on the eighth day? The Brit Malah is the covenant or of circumcision and occurs on the eighth day of a boy's life marking the beginning, if you will, of his life. The eighth day of circumcision marks the beginning of his life. I'm going to just repeat some facts. There were eight souls saved during the great flood, the number eight. The Lord reaffirmed the covenant to Abraham eight times, and David, we learned last night, was the eighth son of Jesse. Sukkot is an eight-day festival that anticipates the world to come. Yeshua was resurrected on the first day of the week, which if we understand the preceding seven days to constitute a complete cycle is the eighth day. Also, 
an eight-day-old animal is allowed to find favor with the Lord of, of, for an offering, but not before it has lived for at least one Shabbat. So even offerings had to be at least eight days old. Passover is what the first day. Seven days of unleavened bread. If you add up the first feast, the first feasts, First two feasts, Passover, one day, unleavened bread, seven days. How many days is that? Sukkot starts with seven days and then ends with one day calling the eighth day. How many days is that? And remember we teach, we taught you that, and actually when we started Sukkot on the 15th of the seventh month, exactly six months from last Friday is going to be Passover. It, uh, or unleavened bread. It's, it's going to be the 15th of Nisan is, is Passover. Uh, 15th of Nisan is unleavened bread. The 14th is the Passover. So you see these eight days in the feast days. You see. So Shavuot or Pentecost is also and can be seen as an eighth day holiday. How do you figure that out? You have for Shavuot, you have, you count seven sevens, which is how much? Seven Shabbats of seven, seven weeks of seven, 49. And then the next day is what? Pentecost or Shavuot. It is seen by the Hebrew people as an eighth day, a new beginning, if you will. Jubilee is seen as an eighth day. 49 years, and then on, at the end of the 49 years, when you're about to start the 50th year, Seven sevens, the 50th year, one more year, it's the eighth day. It's seen as an eighth day. Interesting, to dedicate the altar of Israel, of the tabernacles, how many days did they dedicate the altar for? Eight days. Leviticus 23.40 says the eighth day of Sukkot is a Shabbaton. It's a day of rest. So, Remember, we, I gave you some of those definitions of eight. Now, I want you to go to Genesis 5-4. Look what it says. And the days of Adam after he had begun Seth were 800 years. I don't think this is by accident. After he begotten Seth were 800 years and he begot sons and daughters. So Abraham, I mean, excuse me, Adam lived 800 years from the appointed seed of Seth which means compensation or substitute. That's what Seth means. It means compensation or substitute. The root word of his name is to be appointed and to be set in place. So Adam, after he has the appointed set in place son Seth, he lives 800 years. That number eight. Look in Genesis 4.25. And Adam knew his wife, and she bare a son, and called his name Seth, for God said, She hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew, and to Seth, to him, and there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. And then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Now look at this. After the appointed child Seth. Adam has a child named Enos, and the name of yud heh or the name of the Lord, is then called on. When 
does, when is there a new beginning? When did people call on the name of the Lord? After there was an appointed child named Seth. The eighth day is a circumcision day to cut off the dead flesh and for there to be increased sensitivity to the Spirit of God. That's one of the reasons we celebrate the eighth day. Eighth day is pointing to circumcision, not just physical circumcision. Eighth day is pointing to spiritual circumcision. That, that we're being more sensitive to God and his word and what he wants to do in our lives. That's what circumcision really is about. It's a sign of covenant, but it's a sign of sensitivity. The eighth day points to covenant. Is that exactly what God told Abraham? He said, you've got to confirm the covenant. You've got to do your part and you've got to circumcise your children on the eighth day. And by the way... Even though we do circumcision medically in a lot of places in the world, that does not take the place of understanding that when a, a male child is circumcised and they are circumcised by believing parents, that it is a sign that that child belongs to God. I know we do it medically today, but it's not really a medical thing. It's a covenant thing. And that still stands, and that actually... For those of you who don't understand it, that was still going on even in the New Testament. They didn't throw away the eighth-day circumcision because it points to covenant. Hallelujah. Now, David defeated, the Goli defeated Goliath, the giant, because he said this. Remember, we, we actually sang it today. We said it. He said, who is this uncircumcised? Go ahead. Put that scripture. David defeated Goliath, the giant, because he said, who is this uncircumcised? What was he saying? You weren't brought into covenant on the eighth day. Who has defied the armies of the living God? See, God has given us victory because we understand the eighth day points to covenant. It points to our, our circumcision of the heart. Yes, some of us has physical circumcision. But ladies, you can't get physically circumcised. You understand that, right? Daughter's circumcision has always been a circumcision of the heart. Prince Jonathan, and if you remember Jonathan, Jonathan was born to who? Saul. But he didn't have Saul's spirit. He had his brother's spirit, his spiritual brother's spirit, David. Prince Jonathan. So Prince Jonathan, you got to understand, Prince Jonathan had the heart of David. That's why they were one. That's what they had come into a covenant. They, and remember the story? Even Jonathan, who was in line to be the king, he takes off his royal garments and sword and he what? He puts it on David. He's recognizing the spiritual authority of David. Because David understood the eighth day. David understood covenant. So look at 1 Samuel 14. It says, and Jonathan said to the young men, and I apologize to the sound people and the media people. It was my mistake for printing the wrong sermon. I apologize to you. Thank you for picking it up. 1 Samuel 14, 6. And Jonathan said to the young man, wear his armor. Come and let us go to the garrison. Look at this. He's going to say the same thing. Let us go to the garrison of these uncircumcised. They've not into covenant uh, circumcised. It may be the Lord will work for us and there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or few. Now think about it. Israel is, we, we run from rabbi the other night, how small Israel is. And they are being attacked. But it doesn't matter because they are people of covenant. 
Who are those uncircumcised that they're going to attack Israel? It's not going to work. You believe that. The Lord can save by many, or if you, and he did it for Jonathan. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I have no idea where I'm at right now. I just lost my whole sermon again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. Now look again at the Hebrew word, root word for eight. It has the idea of plumpness, right? As it, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a word of abundance. It's a word of more than enough, okay? Shaman, it means to be fat, to be lusty, to be plenteous, to be robust. Genesis 49, 20, when, when um, Moses is giving the blessing, which is part of our Torah portion for today, he's giving the blessing and he tells Asher they're given the fat or the shaman. They're, they're given this blessing of abundance and they're given this blessing of more than enough. But it, remember, the blessing of Asher is for all Israel. It's for all of us. If God gives it to one tribe, he's giving it to all the tribes. Look at Isaiah 30, 23. Then shall he give the rain of thy seed, thou, that thou shalt sow the ground withal, and the bread of increase of the earth, and it shall be fat. That's that same word. It shall be fat and plenteous. It shall be fat and plenteous. Uh, the word plenteous is the word shaman for rich and lusty. And then there's another word um, for fat, which is dashan. But look at, so it shall be, it be fat and plenteous. And that day shall thy cattle feed in large pasture. Lord, enlarge our territory. Enlarge our place of dominion for your glory, for your people's sake. Now, Psalms 94, 92, 14 says, they shall still bring forth fruit in old, oh, who's, who can claim this right now? All right, I'm claiming it. They shall stay, yeah, Ray, you and I. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Look at the Hebrew word for fat there. It's dashan. Deshen, deshen, fat, figuratively rich, fat, vigorous, full of sap. Brother Phil and I were taking things out, you know, back to storage and all these, you know, we were bringing things back to the church. And I go, Phil, we're the old guys. How come we're, we got more energy than these, these kids? Well, now I know why. Even in their old age, we're going to be fat. We're going to be flirting. We're full of life. We're full of vigor. I guess that we're like Abraham. Abraham's producing seed at, at, at 100. No, I'm not claiming that. But I, I want you to see, we're in the eighth day because eight has to do with plumpness. It has to do with robust. It has to do with richness. It has to do with vigor. It has to do with strength. It has to do with all these things. And fatness is the richness of God's blessings for all Israel, which means everyone grafted in. You know that Paul, he said over and over, there is no difference. The same Lord is, is over all. 
Do you have fatness as your heritage? We want to live in God's fatness. How about I want to live in it? I know there's some people, we, we, you know, we got to know you. I want you to know we got to know some of you during Sukkot. And I, and I, I, I was with some of the glampers. You know what a glamper is? A glamper is a, is a camper that doesn't want to be a camper. And this one girl, I mean, she had her glamping. I'm telling you, she was giving Denise a, r a run for her, you know, whatever. I mean, she, you know, Denise has her private bathroom and shower in her tent. Anyway, Kiwi wasn't with us last year. I mean, she's got refrigerator. I mean, <laughs> anyway. Uh, but what I learned about a lot of the people that saved the nations, you, you, most people who came up to Pastor Lisa said, uh, Pastor Lisa, we're not tenting next year. We did it. It was a temporary dwelling, and it was very temporary because we're not going back to a tent. We want a glamp, camper. You know, I always tell people, you know, you, we're, we're with people that, ho we're your hotel people. And I learned that. It's like, but then I kind of, you got to understand, shepherd and sheep are alike. Now, we'll do the mission trips, and we've done some very, rugged, rug. I wouldn't wish what we've done on anybody, but God led us to do it. But I'm not going back unless the Lord makes me. It was a little too close for comfort in every sense of the word. Anyway, so, but what God's telling us is fatness, richness. Are you going to bring me that so I could look at, oh, I love you. She said, see, I got this little phone. Brittany said, I'm giving you, a, I'm getting you an iPad. I say, yes, daughter, get me the iPad. I don't, I'm good. Oh, my goodness. Go ahead and take this, please. Oh, my goodness. Just tell me what to do. Okay. And just this, that. Oh, my goodness. I, oh, Lord. I love it. Okay. So now look in Deuteronomy 32. Four. Now, now I'm techie. Woo. I'm getting rich. Hallelujah. Look what it says, but Jerush, Jeshurun, or Yeshurun, waxed fat. They waxed fat. So there's positive and negative about fat. And you know this, even in the natural, there's positive and negative about being fat. Yeah, I love my food. I get all this rich stuff. But hey, the other, there's other parts of it. So when you're fat, like Jerush, Jerush, Yeshurun, which means straight ones. It's a nickname for Israel when they're doing right. God calls them Yushurun when they're doing right. It's a nickname. It means straight ones. What happens is they wax fat from the eighth, from the blessings, from the plumpness. God, and then what happens? They kicked. And he says, God says, you, thou art waxing fat. And you are grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God. Oh, Lord, forgive us. Don't let the blessings become a curse in your life. Always remember the one who's been so faithful to you. They forsook God which made him, and they lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. See, the Torah promises, they're so rich, they're so abundant. In the eighth day, we're reminded that of this fatness. Because of the covenant, there's no lack for anything. The blessing is always greater, and it's always, the blessing reverses the curses. We know that, but we've got to remember not to let that blessing blind us. To the blesser. Take for granted. 
See, the Torah portion for Shemeni Etzeret is Deuteronomy 14, 22, 16. It is about the seventh year Shemitah. It's about releasing of debts and those indentured servants. It's about taking care of the poor, taking care of the Levite, the widow, the stranger, the orphan, and rejoicing in the Lord's goodness by bringing the tithe to the Lord. <coughs> Look, let's read that together. You guys read it. Come on, let me hear you. You are... Let's get in unity. <laughs> Levite and outsider, orphan and widow within your gates. Seven days you will feast to Adonai your God in the place he chooses. Because Adonai your God will bless you in all your produce and in all the work of your hand. And you will be completely filled with joy. Three times a year all your males are to appear before Adonai your God in the place he chooses. The feats of Matzot, the feats of Shavuot, and the feats of Sukkot. No one should appear before me empty handed. The gift of each man's hand according to the blessing Adonai God has given you. And we, we looked at that. We talked about that. We understand the reason God told them to bring those offerings three times a year is because they were already blessed. There was no doubt that blessing, the fatness, the abundance was going to be theirs. And he, and he reminds us three times a year, bring me those first fruits. Be faithful with what he puts in his hand, in your hand. Because the Bible says, if you're faithful in the least... What does the Bible say? You're going to be faithful in the much. Can God trust you with the resources he's put in your hand? Resources he's put in your hand? How does he know he can trust you? You've been faithful. Be faithful with the little. If you, whatever that is. Now, the profit portion for this day, or Simchat Torah, is Joshua 1. And Pastor Lisa, you read it already. I'm talking, but look in verse 8. Just look at look, verse 8. It says, this book of the Torah should not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so you be careful to do everything written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will be successful. Have I not commanded you, chazak, be strong. Don't be terrified. Don't be dismayed. For Adonai your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, I wish I could have time to talk about this. Then Joshua commanded the officials of the people saying, go through the camp. Charge the people saying, prepare provisions for within three days you're crossing over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which I don't know your God is giving you to possess it. That's my last scripture, I guess. Hallelujah. Is that the last one? All right, I'm just making sure. So... You can see from what God is telling us to do on this eighth day is to remember that he's going to bless you. He's got fatness for your life. He's got abundance for your life. You've got to decide how do you want to live your life. Do you want to live in the blessing? Do you want to live in the fatness? Do you want to live in the richness of what God has for you? Or do you want to live according to the, the ways of this world? Because God told Joshua, he says, I'm going to make your walk successful. I'm going to teach you how to prosper. I love this statement. This statement, this is what I love. God told to Daniel, he said, Daniel... You're in Babylon. You're in a place of confusion by mixture. But he says, I'm going to teach you 
how to rely on me in Babylon and you're going to rise to the top in that place. And I believe that's what God's showing us at Save the Nation. He, we're in Babylon, we're in confusion, but in the midst of all the craziness, if you learn to not defy yourself with the king's portions and the king's meat and you understand, Daniel said, I can't do what everybody else can do. God has certain, in fact, God has certain things for me to eat. I can't defile my temple like that. And he says, oh, I don't know about that, Daniel. If you don't have all this rich stuff, he says, no, you don't understand. The rich stuff I have comes from God. It's not from the food. It's like Yeshua, he said, I have food to eat. Remember the disciples said, we got to go buy food. He goes, no, no, you don't understand. There's a woman at the well. They all went to buy lunch. He was eating. He was getting the richness of God by doing the Father's will. He says, I've got food to eat that, my, that you guys don't know about. I always say this, the disciples were out to lunch in more than one way. There's a lot of people that you're out to lunch when it comes to the things of God. You're, you're consumed by the things of the world. But we learned last night that God's telling us, he says, I'm coming back. This, see, see, the sevens of God, the sevens of God, Shabbat. The seven feast days, you know what they do? They prepare us for the eight. They prepare us for the new beginning. They prepare us for the new heavens and the new earth. So the more you do what God said during those sevens, and the, the best practice, I'm going to tell you, the best practice. And if you can get this, the rest, I'm going to tell you, is a piece of cake. Shabbat. If you... Remember, if you guard and you do Shabbat, I'm going to tell you, it's the hardest thing to do. You're going to be tempted not to do Shabbat. You're going to be tempted. And what does that mean? What did God say on Shabbat? You're proclaiming it's Shabbat. So on Friday night. Traditionally, according to the word, when does the day start? I know everyone thinks the day starts at 6 a.m. when the sun comes up. God's, you know, everything about God is going to be different than what we think. He says evening and morning were the first day. Evening and morning were the second day. Because God's days start at sundown. So when sundown, it starts the day. So we sanctify the Shabbat and we rest that day we gather with with our family and then we gather with the congregation and we do no commerce no commerce no work no commerce we put we put it down and we give it to God and this is what I found out this is I'll give you some advice I'm actually I'm challenging you to do this put your work down on Friday evening at Shabbat and many times you're going to find out the thing that you were working on, you don't need to be working on. And pray this prayer. Say, Father, I thank you that it's Shabbat. You commanded me to rest and I rest in everything you have for me. And by faith I put my work down. Tomorrow when Shabbat is over... If you want me to pick that up and get started again, I will. But Lord, if you just want to take care of it for me, and there's, you're going to find out that there are things that you were spending your time on 
that wasn't worthy of you. You didn't even need to be working on it. And if you understand this principle, when you rest, he works. When you rest, and this is why the Bible says, you've got to labor to enter in. What's the work? The work is to get into the rest. And you got to do it by faith. Hallelujah. Last night I told the people, and I want to, I'm just going to just throw this out at you. God wants us to rule and to reign with him. And everything we're doing right now is a rehearsal for that day. And he said the only ones when he comes, there's going to be a shofar blast. He's going to come. The Bible's for, and you can call it the rapture. You can even call it the catching away. You can call it the second coming. Whatever you want to call it. There is going to be a day when the shofar blows and the dead in Christ will rise. And we who are alive and remain, we shall be caught up together to be with the Lord in the clouds. And who's going to be caught up? It's going to be like a, a, a um, that word for caught up. Is the same word that a husband uses to catch his bride. So Yeshua in John chapter 14, he told the people, he says, I'm going away. And what does the husband do? The husband goes to prepare a place for who? The bride. And he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. He says, don't worry, in my father's house there's many rooms. That's really the word rooms. Why? Because Yeshua built a room in the father's house for his bride. And he's going to come to catch away the bride because the bride, the bridegroom is going to sweep us away out of here at the right time. But he's going to come for a pure bride, a spotless bride, a bride that has oil in her lamp. That... That she might have gone to sleep. Which means, which the parable of ten virgins, they all went to sleep. But there's going to be a remnant, five, the number of grace, that are going to have extra oil in their lamps. So that when the bridegroom comes, they're going to hear his voice. And while the other ones are, they were sleeping and then they're going to buy, it's too late. They bought, they're going to buy oil. You can't buy oil at that time. And he's going to come and he's going to catch you away. And I read over and over, I showed you scripture after scripture, that the Bible says that those who are wise, that the Father is going to give you all his possessions. He's, right now it's practice. you got to be faithful with a little. But if you'll do what's right right now, there's going to come a day where he's calling us up high. Now, we know spiritually we're seated with him, but there's more than that. We're going to rule and reign with him. You're going to reign on the earth with him. God's going to give you a place. I don't know. Maybe some of your countries where you came from, you might go back to Colombia. Some, you might go back to Russia. You might go back to the Bahamas or wherever. You, you might have to go back there, and you're going to take the rod of the Torah, and you're going to. Does it not say? Yeah, you're going you're gonna to teach in a strong way. Does it not say he's going to beat them with a rod of iron? Because that means that they have no choice. They're going to learn. Okay. So, but we have to make the choice to be ready for his coming. And you have to choose. Do you want to be foolish or do you want to be wise? That's the choice. 
are you foolish? Or are, the Bible says the fool says in his heart, there's no, there's no accountability. I'm, I'm going to be okay no matter what. But he said, fool, tonight your life is going to be required of you. And says, who's going to get everything you stored up? You're losing it all and you're losing the future. And the ones who were wise, this is what they had the oil in their lamp. The foolish and the wise. The wise had the oil. The foolish had no oil. You have to decide, am I going to have oil in my lamp, which is the fatness. That's the word. The eight comes shemen. It comes the fatness, the richness, the oil. The oil of the eighth day is God's blessings. It's his abundance. But you can have the world's ways. You can have the world's, world, world's oils. But there's going to come a day. But everything you accumulate is going to be wiped away. Just like the, those in Noah's flood. And who was saved? Eight. The ones that had a circumcision of heart. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I know there's people here today. It's time for a new beginning. It's time for a fresh start in their life. It's time for them to trust you. And not to let the blessings blind them, the, 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 the riches and the, the bounty that they've already received. Let it not blind them to the one who gave them all things to enjoy. He gave you it to enjoy it. He wants you to enjoy it. But don't be blinded by it. It's not your life. He is your life. His word is your life. His covenant is your life. And when he comes, he's coming back for a bride. A bride without spot or wrinkle. You have no blemishes. You have no stains. You've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And you've made yourself ready by having God's wisdom. By doing God's wisdom. By living God's wisdom. What's God's wisdom? God's wisdom is when you're centered on the word. When you're doing what Joshua did. You're meditating on the word. You're thinking the word. And, and this thing, it, it doesn't happen overnight. But it starts with a, with a decision. Joshua made the statement. He said, as for me and my house... We will serve the, you have to make a decision. I want God's best. I want the new beginning. I want all that God has for me. But you have to make that decision as for me and my house. I'm making the decision for my family. We're going to serve Adonai. We're going to live for him. It's the eighth day. It's a day of new beginnings. It's a day that of God's blessings of fatness and richness and robustness and, and vigor. It's a day to overcome the Goliaths. It's a, it's a day to see giants slain. It's a day to, to, to see God's provision in our life. But it's also a day that the Bible says, If any man be in Christ, be in Messiah, he is a what? A new person all things pass away all things become new you know the bible is very clear about this 
Yeshua himself, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. The book of Acts is clear. It says, neither is there any name given among men whereby we must be saved. Buddha can't save you. Krishna can't save you. New age stuff can't. There, there's so many cults out there. There's all kind of religions out there. But those religions and cults, no matter where they came from, they do not have the power to save you. You say, what do we have to do? The Bible says repent and be converted. You have to repent of your sin. You have to repent of your ways. And you have to let the Holy Spirit convert you and change you. And I, I feel there might be some people. I'm not sure, but I think there might be some people here. That you've never given your life to Yeshua. You've never given your life to, to Jesus. But you come, you came today. You don't say, why did I come? Somebody invited me. But the reason you're really here is because there's a God that loves you. And he's, he's pulling for your soul right now. He's pulling for you. He's pulling for you. He's pulling you. He's pulling you. He's saying, come home. You're a prodigal, but it's time for you to come home. Prodigal means it's like you, you were family, but you, you went the other way. You, get, you got swallowed by the nations, if you will. But God's saying, come home, come home, come home. There's prodigals. There's people who have never accepted the Lord. It's time for you to come home. It's time for you to come home. It's time for you to give your life to Yeshua. Don't live for yourself we learned last night, if you build your life on the rock, when the rain and the storms come, you're going you're gonna to be a wise person. Storms are coming. Storms are coming. We haven't even seen the storms yet. Pastor Lisa mentioned, read the book of Revelation. You have not even seen it. But if your life is founded on the rock, Yeshua is the rock of salvation. The Bible says, he that believeth in him shall not be disappointed. Hold on to Yeshua. Hold on to Jesus. Who is that person that needs to give their life to the Lord today? Who is that person that needs to come back home? You're a prodigal and you need to rededicate your life. Just lift your hand high. We're going to pray for you if that's you. You know who you are. You, you know why you're here. Lift it up high. Lift it up high so I can see it. You need to come back to God. You need to come back to God. Yes, thank you. Who else? You need to give your life to the Lord. Don't leave this, this place. Don't leave this place in the same way you came in. This is your time for a new beginning. He's able to save you. He's able to keep you. He's able to empower you. That you can stand on the evil day. Because you're standing not in your righteousness. You're standing in the righteousness of Yeshua. It's the righteousness of Yeshua. We keep the commandments, but we don't keep them to be righteous. We keep them because He's righteous. They don't save us. Yeshua saves us. By grace are you saved through faith. It is a gift from God. We simply obey him because he said, if you love me, you'll obey me. But we don't do it as, a, as, as to earn brownie points or to do good works. It's part of our honoring back of the one who saved us. Never forget that.
never forget it's Yeshua you stand in his righteousness you're clothed in his righteousness his, and that was what Passover they had to go through the door of blood of the lamb you've got to receive the lamb of God who else? Who else? You're, I, I know there's more. There's more. God's speaking. God's doing something right now. He's calling you. It's time for a new beginning. It's time to put away the past. Nothing wrong with psychologists. Nothing wrong with, with counselors. But if you don't deal with the root, and the root is sin, the root is the realm of sin and death. You're not going to get fixed in the mind. You get fixed in the heart. The heart first and then the mind is transformed. But it starts with the heart. The Bible says, the Bible says in the book of, um, I believe it's Ezekiel. It talks about God putting clean water on us. Jeremiah says, I'll give you a heart to know me. It's your heart. you got to get your heart right. Is it, is, it, is it just coincidence? It's the eighth day, and God says, you got to have a circumcision on the eighth day. We're on the eighth day of the feast. Maybe God's saying, you got to let me circumcise your heart over and over and over again. Because your heart gets callous in the world. We live in the world. We're not of the world, but we're around it. Let him soften your heart today. Let him circumcise your heart. Who else needs to give their life to the Lord? Who else needs to get right with God? Lift that hand. Lift that hand. Don't be, don't be callous. You're going to be the very ones that are going to come up to me after. Pastor, you were talking to me. Yeah, I'm talking to you now. Don't wait till after. A fresh start begins with the spirit, with the heart. Father, for those who lifted their hand, and if you wanted to lift your hand and you didn't, for maybe I missed it, just stand to your feet and pray this prayer. Just stand up, stand up. If you lifted your hand or you wanted to lift your hand, just stand up and pray this prayer. Hallelujah. Pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, circumcise my heart today. Take all the callousness out of me. Take all the hardness out of me. Clean me. Renew me. Give me your heart. Give me your spirit. Here on this eighth day, I renew my covenant. I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for your fatness. I thank you for your vigor. I thank you for the plumpness. But Lord, don't let me ever forget where all these blessings come from let me always remember to return the favor to be obedient because you love me I can love you back here I am I confess with my mouth you are my Lord I believe in my heart on the third day you were raised from the dead now change me save me Heal me in the name of Yeshua. Lord, we thank you for miracles right now. And all the people said, Amen.